What's going on, good people? It's your host, Jono the Giant, with my boy, JV, welcoming you to another episode of the Giant Fundamentals Podcast, where we discuss black male issues, growing and healing, and getting on the other side of greatness. Now, before you even tune in, please leave a rating and review, and do not forget to subscribe. Mr. J. Vaval, what's going on, my lord? JTG, how you doing this week? This week, this week, this day. I can't <laughs> complain, man. I mean, you know, I got this busted ankle, but, you know. Well, walking like a mummy, huh? Yeah, bro. Dudes, I felt, you know, it's been a while since I hooped. And I forgot. I forgot the rules. Don't go on a post when you when a muscle head is guarding you. <laughs> you got you got uh old dirty bastard playing defense on you. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> the thing about it is it's it's IQ. The IQ not there. Like, bro, we playing LA fitness basketball. Niggas don't throw the ball in a post like that. Niggas don't be muscling like that but his mind said oh i'm a big guy and i'm like bro. anyway you gotta this what it is bro the only time they could play professional basketball so bro i was like i i, I told the wife this morning i said i don't think i'm gonna play basketball again dog because it's not fun it's really not fun like i only played three times this year and then i and this happens and then it's like the only way i'm gonna play is if i start training and get my handles a whole lot better, so I can do what I want to do on the court. That's really what it is, and I ain't got time for that. Nigga, thirty-eight years old. <laughs> I got time for that. Well, Unless you play with people that you're used to playing with that know how you play, and that's it, really. That's true. I mean, hey, you at a crossroads, right? You got to make time for what you really deem is important. So, yeah, it is. I, a- I was, I was, I, I've been the last twenty-four hours. I've been contemplating it hard, like, yo, maybe I should go buy that 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 dribbling uh, video. You know the dribbling? I know you've seen it on your timeline. Yeah. Cause you, yeah. I was like, damn, I should buy that dribbling program. Because <laughs> I was like, I could do it, and that was to do it with Josiah. That's how I was thinking. I was like, so I, was me- like I just do it 20 minutes a day in the garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I may why, still do it. Why do you feel like you need to? <laughs> why do you, you dribble good enough? Why do you feel like you don't have it now? Nah, like, see the thing where you don't notice with my dribbling, I dribble well when I could get ahead of steam. Okay. But when I'm standing still, like, it's hard for me to like make my move unless I have a pick. But who's gonna really come set six, seven, eight, three hundred and twenty-five pound guy at the screen? Niggas, don't, <laughs> niggas don't even set each other's a screen. Like, if I set them screens and they don't even use it, so yeah. <laughs> What's the strategy after the podcast? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I want to start off today with my giant gratitude because uh, it's been one interesting week for me. And um, my giant gratitude is, you know, when people show you who they are, believe them. Mm. Mm. And that goes into the four agreements where it says don't take things personal yeah i like to keep it real here on the giant fundamentals podcast let's be real we all take shit personal 
it's really hard not to take stuff personal. And I, I went through this process the last couple of days because I did take a situation personal because I'm in the realm of developing new friendships, especially in this older age, it's tougher, right? That on previous podcasts. And you're going to meet, and I've met people, and everyone's going to meet people that they seem like they want to be friends with you on a very close level. And what I mean by that is people are building relationships and they're being friends with you, and, and it's gradually growing, right? It's like, okay, now... We've learned each other's last name. Now we know each other's interests. Now we're talking about business. Now we're, you know what I'm saying? Like you see yeah. that it's growing, but I noticed that when people can't get what they really want out of you, they automatically shift the friendship. Mm. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're growing through this natural progression of the friendship. Yeah. And then that particular person's mind, they're like, oh, nah, I never wanted to be that close to you anyway. Or I didn't think it was like this. And they don't realize is that they, in the moment, it's as if they were using you, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I and before you, 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 I see you have a lot of thoughts going through your mind. What I realized is I did take it personal, but I didn't react. I realized mm-hmm. that it was more about them than it is about me. Yeah, and, and man, that that's some that's deep realization, man. And it's a testament to the work that you've been doing on yourself personally because you have to know yourself enough. I, okay, this is what I say: the more you're in tune with yourself, the easier it is to navigate relationships in general. Yes, and because you've been doing this work on yourself, and you know your values, you know what you want out of a relationship, you know what a now you know what a mutual relationship is, where it's like, okay, uh, quid pro quo, like, okay, you do for me, I do for you. But if you don't get a chance to do for me, it's okay, and vice versa. Correct. Right? But then there is the the that the relationship that many of us get caught in is that transactional relationship where mm-hmm. you do for me, I do for you. But the moment you don't do for me, I feel a certain type of way. Yeah. And yep. you see the type of relationships that many people have, and they don't realize it. Like that's a that's not only a transit um, transactional relationship, but that's also you're in that relationship out of obligation because now it comes like, oh man, he did that for me, so now I have to do it for him. You know how many times that has happened to me? <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm like I'm back in the day, I'm asking somebody for bread, like yo, can you give shoot me this bread or whatever this and that and that, and I can see they're like, oh. And they're doing that because I've looked out for them in the past. Yeah. So they feel obligated at that time to right. give me the bread. And I have to interject because I see the energy. I'm like, I say, bro, listen, if you don't got it, it's good. Like, it's okay. I'm just going to go find it some other way. I'm going to ask somebody else. And I can, every single time, Jerry, the liberation and the freedom that the person feels, I can sense the energy shit I would like to help you, but I really don't got it. I said, yeah, it's cool, bro. It's no knock. And I let them know. It's like, nah, it's no knock on you. We still good. Like, it's no pressure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I am a strong believer in treating others the way I want to be treated. So I want to be treated that way. I don't want to feel that pressure. Like, I have to show up for you every time. I have to do this. If I don't, there's a problem. 
so I lead with that in my relationships. So I see that you're able to, you've gotten to that point where you, you can see, you can feel it. Like, uh, yeah, this person not really, you know, and you do take it personal because we all love, rela- well, not all of us, but you and I, we're both relationship people. Mm-hmm. It's like, you want good, healthy relationships. You want, like, I want to be able to talk. I want to be able to, like, be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want, like, all these relationships, people be like walking on eggshells and this and that and that. You feel the tension. It's like, bro, I don't like that stuff, man. Yeah, and, and and I'm glad that, like you said, I appreciate you saying the work that I've done on myself. I took time because you'll realize people will say things and contradict themselves, right? So yeah. when I was able to talk to this particular friend and say, hey, you mentioned this in the recent past, or you mentioned this last week, I'm just trying to gain clarity. And when they clarified themselves, I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. You're full of shit. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> now, I, I understand now. I get it. I, I, I almost was bamboozled. I almost was... And it's all good. Right. And if I don't take, I'm, I'm not taking it personal now. Now I'm just, I'm looking at the facts of the situation. And I also had to catch myself because, like you said, we love relationships. And I constantly find myself of caring too much. I'm a very mm-hmm. caring person. And because mm. of that, I have to be careful. I have to be cautious on how I approach yeah. relationships. So yeah. that. that that was eye-opening to me. <laughs> you know, uh, this last thing I would say about this topic is um, yeah. I remember just last night or just yesterday, mm-hmm. Kitty was telling me how she's reading Think Like a Monk by um, Jay, Jay Shetty. Mm-hmm. And, well, she's rereading it. And, um, you know, that book's good. If she's rereading it, she is really good because that girl be jumping from one book to the next. Don't even finish <laughs> the last book. She's just going to the next one. <laughs> So she's rereading it, and she said, um, she said, I said, like, what you just explained, like, yo, you're a big relationship person, uh, so on and so forth. And, you know, sometimes we try to do so, like, we try to be so good to people, and we try to be there for people so much, and we overdo it because we want somebody to do that for us in terms of, like, that's a, is an insecurity of ours. It's like, we want people to be there for us so much. So subconsciously we're like, let me overdo by being there for this person. So they can like see that and be there for me in that way. And yeah. it's like small, it's, it's like a small little gap between your conscious and your subconscious that feels that way. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize that, that it don't work that way. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to work that way. So really it's like, when we try to be like over, when we try to overdo it, it's literally coming from a selfish place. Right. Right. So, yeah. so what was your giant gratitude this week, bro? Um, man, I, I, I'm thankful for, uh, my job, man. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't even really consider it a job. That's how I know it's like, it's great. I don't, I don't really consider it a job to be honest with you. I, I, cause I don't look at myself as an employee. Right. Um, I look at myself pretty much. I feel like I'm a partner. And I think a lot of people need to start thinking about that. Even if you're an employee, you got to look at yourself as a partner. You know, you're uh-huh. helping 
this place build up. So uh, since I became the VP at the practice, um, the things that I've been able to implement and how I I literally 3X the income in one month, bro, man, I was like, it's like I always knew I can do these things because I've done them in the past in other settings, but because I didn't have a great grasp on my gifts, my talents, my strengths. And when I did know my gifts, my talents, my strengths, because my gifts and talents and strengths were like were not like other people, I devalued what I brought to the table. Mm. But like you, doing all the healing work that I've been doing the last couple of years, not only am I seeing my talents, my gifts, my strengths, I'm seeing how valuable and how needed they are. Like, literally, I'm Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Like, I'm the system person. I'm the one that can get into a company, put systems in place, and give that company a chance to expand and to scale and to be around for hundreds of years. That's the type of talent and gifts I possess. So being able to see that in just this, this little micro setting yeah. is like, whoa, it's like, wow. So I'm just, I'm just very thankful for that, man, that I'm able to see that. I'm able to lean into that. And also what I really was going to say is uh, the CEO, the boss of the practice, man, I'm thankful for him because as a black man, because he's a black man, I'm a black man, and you know how black men are. For some reason, we have an issue working together. Yeah. <laughs> There's always some problem. But, man, he's he don't have an ego. He's like, bro, you good at that? I'm terrible at it. You pay your mm-hmm. shots in that area. Just make it happen. I trust you. Just make it happen. He, even though he feels uncomfortable with something, I'll put it in. I don't know. But he see those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> numbers don't lie. So he's like, oh, okay. You know? So I'm thankful for him, man. So. That's my giant gratitude. No, that's awesome. I'm going to have to get you a shirt that says giant executive. <laughs> giant exec. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You bring up a, a really great point about how, I don't know why we do this, um, but in the professional sense, we discount our gifts. We feel like the job, like our gifts are too small to aid us in our uh, professional lives, in our jobs, in our careers. And it's really the opposite. It's really, truly the opposite. And we've had those conversations where I was like, bro, you're a six, seven-figure earner already. Yeah. Right? Life experience yeah. that, that I know we can't put it on our professional resume, but we have it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But, that, but that's what manifestation is, though. Yeah. Like, you have to believe it in your inner world before it is manifested in the outer world. You know, mm-hmm. a great example. Well, a couple of years ago, back in 2021, I believe, when Kanye's doc came out and he was calling himself a genius. And, and that's when he, in the very beginning stages of his career. And he's going back and forth. And one of his boys was like, bro, you're not a genius. He's like, nah. And they just going back and forth. Giant Kanye's like, he's a genius, this and that and that. And at that time, it didn't manifest itself in the outer world yet. Yeah. But his inner world, he's like, bro, I'm a genius. Ain't nobody could tell me anything differently. Man, when I saw that, I'm like, whoa, that spoke volumes to me. And then look now, you running, you running like what, 15 years later? Oh, well, pretty much almost 20 years later, to be honest with you. Yeah. And look, bro, you gotta put you uh, to me, Kanye 
is the Mozart of this time, bro. Yeah. Like, you got to put him there. Like, you just hear his music. It's like, oh, this is like, this is wild. <laughs> like, I just be hearing the percussions and everything. I was like, dang, this is a very unique type of sound. Genius level type sound. So, again, your inner world, man. You believe it, bro. It's going to manifest itself eventually. For sure. For sure. I share my story of navigating through drug and gang violence in my community as a kid, dropping out of high school, to speaking to over 100 juvenile detention centers and schools in the country, sharing my story in countries like Haiti and Malawi, Africa, and becoming a licensed marriage and family therapist, people always ask me, how did I do it? If you want to know so you can make massive change in your life as well, click the link in the show notes to my book when giants get fed up from anger to ambition and once you've read it please feel free to leave me a rating and review now talking about kanye and belief mozart of our time i know you waiting for the segue <laughs> We were talking about yesterday, and this is the reason why we wanted to talk about it today. Um, as I was watching the Tiger uh, Woods documentary, uh, to your point about belief and manifestation, Tiger Woods' dad had so much belief that Tiger Woods was going to be the Messiah of golf, that he literally did become this Messiah of golf. Like, they were calling him the son of golf. <laughs> you know Tiger, what I mean? The son of golf. Wow. Yes. That's, that's- Crazy, crazy, because it is funny because they said that um, Tiger, it was 11 years because he he had won his last major in like 2008, 2009. He went through all that turmoil, 2010, 2013, whatever. 11 years later, he was able to win another major. Um, Yeah. And they were saying that was that's so like incredible. And they said the son actually. I guess sets itself or revolves or resets itself every eleven years. So they was like, "Hey, he must be the son of golf, right?" You know, spiritual connection. And mm-hmm. as I was watching the documentary, you know, a lot of people, you know, judge Tiger based on his sex addiction and how he cheated on his wife and all this other stuff that happened. Um, and it's crazy because, and he learned it from his father. In his younger years, he was so emotional. And he was so disappointed about what his father was doing when he was younger that he eventually became the thing that he hated so much. Yeah. Um, That caused us to go down a rabbit hole of conversation of why do men cheat? Right. Hey, go ahead. That that was a good ass segue, nigga. I know where the hell you were going with that shit. I'm getting better at this shit, bro. They can't (laughs) stop me. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. I've been, I've been working on my craft a little bit, you know, here now. <laughs> but um, yeah. So start us off. What what? Why do men cheat? It's, it, women, pay attention because I know y'all think all men cheat. So if you if you if you could, even though the statistics show that women actually cheat more than men, um, yeah. I mean, there is more of them than us. Exactly. So, but that's a skewed statistic because it's like one to ten now. So. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. We, yeah, they you know the options are, are are different on both sides, but um True. 
Yeah, if you could just start us off and, and like, what are your, what are the first things that come to mind when you think about why men cheat? Oof, man. That's like the good old friend, good old mentor used to say, that's loaded. Loaded. I did. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Brother Mac with the amazing facts. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a loaded question, man. I was talking to my wife about that just this morning, too. Mm. Like, there are multiple reasons why men cheat. Mm-hmm. It's not just one reason. It's like, oh, all men are dogs. No, it's not that. If let's 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 go to okay, let me start where everyone knows. Yeah. All right. Niggas just be horny, bro. That's just you know, that's just one. Yeah. It's just horny. And they just be out here doing their thing, right? Um and there is a there is a lack of self control there. So you just kinda like you go ahead and you do your thing. And and, and the thing about it is is something that is expected of men to do. Yes. The thing is, when there is an expectation there, it just makes it a lot easier, whether it is a positive expectation or a negative expectation. It just makes it much easier to act accordingly to that expectation. If you could, because I agree with you, especially when we were growing up as a young boy. Yeah. It Like, if you if you had only one girlfriend you were like all right you straight like you had to be talking to like your roster had to be full like early as i can remember i I remember when i had girlfriends in the third grade like that was like jerry you the man of the year (laughs) you know what i mean like that that was the thinking so if you could talk about like just kind of like how we're how men are cultured or cultivated to have multiple partners yeah because the thing is Having multiple partners is, like you said, for lack of better terms, a badge of honor when it comes around, when it comes to other boys, men. And it's like you you stand out like, oh, man, you got something like you're good. Like, oh, wow. Like, how did you you know what I'm saying? It's like a badge of honor. So now that badge of honor. Let, well, let's let me go back. What does that badge of honor symbolize? That we have to look at. That badge of honor symbolizes acceptance and approval. Hmm. That is the baseline of what every single human being wants. Right. For women, their acceptance and approval can be different things. I'm, I don't. I can't speak on that. But for men, I know one of the main things. Well, starting from boyhood, that badge of honor. Is acceptance and approval. How do you get it? Yo, you got to be good with the ladies. Yeah, you got to be good with the ladies, uh, or you got to be able to dress well, or you have to. If you play a sport well, you're good. And see, the thing is, what a lot of us don't realize is that when you play your sport very well, when mm-hmm. you have the wardrobe, it automatically leads into you getting multiple girls. Yes, you see what I'm saying. So. Um, at the end of the day, it's like we've, like you said, we've been cultivated and cultured. We've been programmed to think like, yo, if I have multiple girls, I'm the man. Yeah. And, um, 
that in itself, it really messes up our relationship with the opposite sex because now we're just looking at women subconsciously as possessions and Correct. not human. Correct. And, and, and it's difficult because even growing up in the church, right, strict background, I mean, it was frowned upon, right, verbally, technically. But if a man cheated on his wife, it was like, all right, y'all can work it out. But if a wife cheated on her man, oh, nah, that's the cardinal sin. You, you're Eve. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it, that dynamic, I think most people don't realize how much it plays on our subconscious. For sure. Right? As we say it out loud, we're like, oh, it, this, it shouldn't be that way. It doesn't make sense. But because over time, our programming, it's more and more accepted with the rap videos, the yeah. culture and everything like that everyone likes a, a ladies man a man that looks like he can handle multiple like he's the he's the lion of the jungle yeah. like, listen you made a great point you great you made you you brought something key to the table in in church a man cheats on a woman work it out a woman cheats on a man ah man she's just Jezebel mm. and a, that goes back to expectations it is it, it is expected for a man to cheat yeah. That's the standard that is for a man. Like, I don't know. That's just, it's an it's a unwritten rule. It's an unwritten saying. Men are expected to cheat. That's why women say all men are dogs. That's why women say all men cheat. Because mm. that is the expectation. That is the standard. However, for a woman, the expectation and the standard is for them to be faithful. Is that for them to be loyal. To go through it through thick and thin no matter what. Mm -hmm. But what we don't realize, in reality, women actually cheat more than men. Mm -hmm. So it's like we have these expectations, yeah. but yeah, we don't see that. Uh, everybody's kind of like in the same pool just for different reasons. Right, right. So if you could basically talk about why do good men cheat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what, like what, what causes a good man to be unfaithful man i think you got to look at the context of that man's relationship mm -hmm. what a lot of people don't realize is that when you quote unquote a, a quote unquote good man is still a man mm. <laughs> he may not cheat for the reasons that Another man will cheat, or the regular man will cheat, so to speak, because I don't want to call him bad man. Right. But, you know, he may not cheat for those reasons, but good men are still men. And yeah. the reason why a good man will cheat is because, and I've seen this speaking to different men, and like even going as a therapist, and that's like seeing different men as a therapist is like, okay, it solidified this for me. It showed me that not only are good men men, but good men are human. Mm. And they want emotional support. They want attachment. But at the same time, they don't want to be felt. They don't want to feel locked down. They don't want to feel shackled. They want to be able to be free to do what they want to do. But in the context, in the framework of keeping the relationship safe. But what I've seen, bro, let me just keep it plain. Women make good men cheat. Mm. Anxious women, 
insecure women make a good man cheat. Wow. What do I mean by that? Well, you have a couple. There's a man, a woman, of course, right? And the woman is getting on the man for not being emotionally present. Let's say that's what it is. She's mm-hmm. getting on the man for not being emotionally present. Now the man, and this is what most men do, they start to shut down. Okay? And the reason why men shut down is just a is is scientifically proven. 50 years of research is biologically shown that when a woman starts to get on a man and she is her anxiety, her insecurities are taking over the conversation. She starts to flood him and just flood him and just flood him. And he's like, yo, I don't want to talk about this right now. Let's chill. But no, she's pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And this causes the man to shut down more. But as a result, the woman starts to flood even more. So it's a cycle. You flood, he shuts down. He shuts down more, so you flood more. And you just keep going in that circle over and over. So within within that sphere, what's happening is... There is a wedge that is growing into a Grand Canyon size of a distance in that relationship. And now the man ends up going to work or he's somewhere at the grocery store, somewhere where he connects just simple, could be simple conversation with another woman. And they start to have something in common. And then that right there. It starts to grow into something where it's like they start to be connected. And then that's when the thoughts come like, oh, maybe this and that and that. Or the comparison comes like, man, I'm dealing with this, but she's like this. And all that starts to happen. And the next thing you know, you find yourself cheating. You find yourself in an affair. That's why good men cheat. Yeah. No, that's a, it's a beautiful explanation. And men, we all, people humans in general, we always have this grass is greener on the other side mentality. Yeah, man, it's true, bro. I hate that, man. I hate it, but we all, we all, we all got it. We I all struggle it. with it. We all yeah. see it, and it, 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 it's something that you just have to constantly work through. Now, yeah. you brought up a, a, a key point. You was like, you know what? Anxious women cause good men to cheat. Mm. Now, to clear that up a little bit, because it sounds like you're blaming the woman. Is that her responsibility or like what is the blame for the man coming okay so the thing that i want to bring to it to to the forefront Mm -hmm. is that you said a good man so Mm -hmm. my assumption is this man he not on that trying to sleep with other different women so on and so forth got you that's my assumption so if that's the case, then there's something that is happening in the framework of the relationship mm-hmm. that pushes the man out to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do is for all my women who are listening, what I'm trying to do is show you that you have responsibility. You have a part to play in that. Does it absolve the man from cheating? No, it does not. Because mm-hmm. he also can have his part to play. Well, I would say he also has his part to play in where now he has to tell her like, look, you know, we got to go to therapy or maybe we just need time apart or 
yo, he has to be able to express himself in a way. But see, and that's the challenge. Men, when we're boys, we're never taught. And again, that's where the expectation comes into the picture. The expectation of a man to know how to really truly express how he feels is always at a low. Like, yeah, literally mm-hmm. a low penis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And it's it's true. That's the only, that's the best way with everything that we're talking about. That expression comes through sex. Mm-hmm. That is the best exactly. way you can express how dominant you are, you can express how stressed you are, yeah. how love someone is all through sex. Yeah. It's yeah. not we get older we realize, oh, women actually enjoy sex just as much as us. But we've always been put in that position where you have to dominate or you have to express yourself that way. Yeah. And, and I want to I want to for the sake of the conversation, I want to categorize it so we don't lose the audience, right? So you talked about the good man, because I believe there's three different types of men. There's the good men, there's the confused men, and then there's the lost men, right? So the good men, like you said, are men who are naturally good, who who don't look to be with other women. They, they, they're, they're loyal, they're faithful, but something is happening in their relationship that's causing them to shift mentally. Now, if you can talk about the confused man, the man that acts on impulse, that is not emotionally regulated. Hmm. Uh, I think the confused man, the root of that is really not knowing your values, mm. not knowing what you really want. Because see, here's the thing, the best way I can put it, because we spoke about earlier, the inner world and the outer world, right? Yeah. The- the confused man, he is living life from this place of <laughs> confusion, right? <laughs> because his inner world is not reflecting his outer world, and his outer <laughs> world is not reflecting his inner world. So that's what causes the confusion. That's what causes the turmoil. That's what causes the turmoil, right? So, for example, um, A man grew up, let's say he grew up in the church, grew up with these morals and values, and he gets older and he goes out, he starts doing his thing contradictory to what he's been taught growing up in the church. Okay. Okay. If that man doesn't change his beliefs, if he doesn't change his values, that's going to cause the confusion. That's going to cause stress. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to start to feel a great amount of shame. Mm-hmm. You're going to start to feel a great amount of guilt. Why? Because what you believe inside based off of what you were taught is not in alignment for how you're living your life. So so make that practical. Let's say I have, I grew up in the church. I don't, I was raised not to have sex before marriage. Now I'm in my 20s and my 30s, and I'm having sex with multiple people. I'm I'm having sex before I'm not married. Yeah. Is that what you mean by he was raised this way? I was raised this way of believing, hey, you're committing a great sin by not having sex before marriage, not having sex with your wife, blah, 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 not being married. And now I'm out here. I'm doing my thing. I'm clubbing. I'm on dates, and I'm having casual sex. And now I'm home. And I'm feeling like 
man, I feel so dirty. I feel so guilty. So, so yeah, so much in shame. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is because you're living a life that's a lie unto yourself. Mm. Because within yourself, you still believe that doing those things are wrong. I still believe because you haven't changed it yet. You haven't looked within your value system and say, oh, I don't believe this stuff anymore. And this is why I don't believe it anymore. You're just acting. You're just doing and you're just being. And it's not in alignment with what you truly believe. And that's what's causing causing the guilt, the shame and the turmoil within. It's like literally you're like a crazy person. And I like a lot of people don't realize that when you're Mm -hmm. not. When you're not living according to how you truly feel and think and believe, man, you're literally going to be insane. Like, your mind will never have rest. But, Jono, I I feel like, in speaking in that example, if I change those beliefs, the fear is I will truly be lost. Or I would, I would be someone that is not good. Right? You see, you see the... That, yeah. That's thinking that I had or that I see people like that that have, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is you're just going to have to – you're just going to have to um, go through that. Everybody has to go through that. Like mm. some people, they're going to live their life. You know, they're going to believe what they believe since they were a kid and whatever, and they move on. But for a lot of us, man, for a lot of us, <laughs> you're going to get older and you're going to realize that, yo, nah, this is not – this is not, not what that- I want. And you want to have to make a choice. And it starts from within. But if you just start living your life and doing contradictory to what you believe, man, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Mm. So then go to the third example now. We're going from the good man to the confused man. Now let's talk about the lost men, right? And what I mean by lost men, these are the men that conquer women for sport. Like Mm. no matter... They could have a, a great woman in their life. They could be faithfully married. But once they see that big booty bitch in Publix, <laughs> they bagging her. You mm. feel me? So, like, let's talk about <laughs> paper or plastic. <laughs> as long as the skin is real, <laughs> we want a copper feel. You know what I mean? So, let's talk about the lost men. Like, what is what from your therapeutic background, from your expertise? What what do you see that person struggling with? Yo, the lost man. Simply put, is the man that doesn't really know what true manhood is. Mm. Yo, I remember having a session with a couple, and the man, there, pretty much, he is causing a rift in the relationship because. I mean, it's a lot of men because he doesn't know how to connect with his wife. And the reason why he doesn't know how to connect with his wife is because she makes more money than him while he runs the business that they're building together. So he runs the business and she she's working the nine to five. Right. And he comes up with these things in his mind. He says certain things about finance and feel like, oh, he has to make more money. And I'm like, bro, you don't realize that this belief is causing an emotional wedge between you and your wife. Like the lost man not only doesn't know what manhood is, but as a result, the lost man doesn't know the power of vulnerability in a relationship. Mm. 
because that guy, he didn't want to be, he didn't want to open up to his wife. He felt like, no, I have to hold on to this because I don't want her to use it against me. And he said that. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, whoa, this some deep ass shit, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, bro, you need to, you need your own individual therapy because you about to sabotage this relationship long before it starts. So what, what should, well, let me clarify this. This is, this is the humility part of the podcast, right? The good man, the confused man, and the lost man are not too far apart. They're literally just a couple mindset shifts that mm. have for you to go through that scale. Yeah. So by all means, we're not here. We're men and we're not judging these other men. We've all been in each part of those realms in different parts of our lives for different reasons. For sure. We're, to this particular part of being unloyal or having an affair, whatever the case may be, right? So it's like the good man, he may cheat once in a relationship or twice. It may be very pitiful. Pit, pit, what's the word? Pivotal? There you go. You went to college. The, set, the, the, <laughs> the confused man, he may have, he may cheat once in a while. He may just have an urge and he may act on it, right? But the lost man, he is a constant, consistent cheater. Like this is, this is no longer a hobby for him. This is a part-time job for him, yeah. right? So, what advice can you give to women who are experiencing those types of relationships? Like, what what advice could you give the woman who's married to a good man, the woman that's married to the confused man, and the woman that's married to the lost man? Oh. I think the woman that's with the good man, she has to understand that uh, he has needs. Mm. And, and a lot of times the needs are like space, individuality. Because I notice that with a lot of good men, uh, we be going overboard, kid. We be trying <laughs> to do too much. Yeah. And you're neglecting yourself. Because in that man's mind, you're like, oh, I have to be this way. I have to do this. I have to, you know, so on and so forth. Like, you know, I got to make sure. But it's like, and then a lot of times I see good men end up with anxious women too. Mm. So it's like for the woman, you have to really check yourself. And even if the man is always present, he's always he's doing this, you got to push him away. Be like, yeah, hey, you got to do your own thing. You know, like you got to do your own thing. You got to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like cultivate a groom. Um, what do you call it? Take care of your your individuality. Like having for the woman, that is that a correct term? Autonomy. Yes, yeah, yes, autonomy. Exactly, autonomy in a relationship very important. Um, for the the confused man, woman who's with a confused man, oh, bless your heart, because it's I, I honestly I don't have an answer for that. Mm. I don't know how. Because for me, that confused man is going to put you through so much turmoil. You know how much stuff that nigga going to put you through? Yeah, unintentionally. (laughs) Unintentionally. So you have to make a choice on whether or not you're going to be able to, you're going to stay there with him. And guess what? If you have kids in the picture too, you have to understand, you're not just making this decision for you, but you're also making the decision for your kids to stay with him. Yeah. So that's 
lot of different things that you have to really consider that, man. And, and that's a personal choice, you know? You can do this case-by-case basis. But now, the, the loss, man, hmm. if a woman dealing with a man that's lost, he's either one, you say, okay, this is how he is. I've accepted that, and I'm going to be with him, and we just have an agreement. He can go do his thing, come back home, we're good. I don't, I don't need to know. As long as you don't bring no babies here, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? You can have that agreement. Or the next thing could be like, if you don't want to deal with that, you just have to make the hard choice and not be with that person, not be mm-hmm. with that guy. That's really what it is at the end of the day. Because I, I know people that, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I told my girl straight up on the first date, like, yo, I do my thing. like, And she was like, okay. So some couples, they have that agreement and it's okay for them. Right. But uh, most people, I don't really see that. That's like a, most women, I don't really see that they really want that. So if you don't want that, you have to make your choice, make the hard, tough decision and be like, yeah, I'm not going to, this is not what I want. I have to move on. What's interesting about that is when, when I talk to women about loss in, in their relationships with their girlfriends, the women always say, oh, that woman knows. And I'm like, for real? That I always find that very interesting. Like, they always say that. Oh, she knows. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, uh, is she subconsciously ignoring everything? <laughs> like, and, and I always find that funny. I mean, I don't know if you have some insight on that, but I've always, maybe when we have a woman on the podcast one day, we can act like, why do, why do women always know that the other person, know, the other woman knows? I mean, for me, if I just practically thinking about it, mm-hmm. the, the woman is not able to come to the guy's house. Never. Mm-hmm. You can't go to certain places. You can't, you know, can't do it. You know, this day and age of social media, you can't be snapping pictures and stuff together. Like, that's probably the course of action that the man is going to take. So how would the woman, you got to be an airhead not to know that they're so numb. Like, even, uh, even if that woman is her husband, like, I've had other women say, oh, no, that wife knows that her man is with the serial cheater. I don't see how they wouldn't know. I think it's because the thing about it is an energetic thing. Mm. It's energy. Uh, Most, but 75 to 80% of communication is nonverbal. That nonverbal is energy. Gotcha. So you're going to have a feeling, dog. You you won't, it's going to be a feeling, dog. they say women have the intuition, men have it too. When you have a feeling, it's like uh, a lot of times that's probably accurate. Got you. Got yeah. you. So to close this out, man, do you have a therapy term for our audience? You have some education. Oh. For uh, some I would classic. say, okay, <laughs> counter, counter transference. Mm, what is that? Transference. Counter-transference is a therapist and a client working together, and the therapist is hearing the client's situation. It triggers the therapist, and then the therapist automatically starts shaping the therapy session as if it's them that's going through the thing, and they start to give them advice based off of their own situation. Wow. Yeah. Is that that proper practice? Is that ethical? No. 
Not at all. Not at all. That's why as therapists, we got to talk to different therapists. Um, we got to have, you know, we got to really check ourselves at the door. That's why it's very important for therapists to do their own work. Because that happened to me before. Where uh-huh. I could feel the counter-transference. I was like, oh, I, it happens to me all the time. Especially when I deal with couples. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is one similar in my marriage. Oh, shoot. <laughs> but I don't lead with that. I just keep, like, asking more questions. Because there's always nuance, you know, in everyone's situation, you know? So what so should have stuff. So what should a client do when they see when they feel as if the therapist is directing a therapy session like that? Should they call it out? Man, I don't know if a therapist, I don't know if the if a client can really even know. Oh wow. Unless, unless, because I've heard this has happened, unless the therapist is like, oh wow, like, you know, this that happened in my marriage too, where this and that and that and that and that. You know, and that's a slippery slope. That's a very slippery slope because, yeah, you want to be able to connect with your client in that way so they can know that you feel how they feel or you understand. But when it comes to, like, relationships, stuff like that, I don't do that. I do it with other stuff. I don't. I don't. I just say, look, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're going through. I've been married for 13 years. I've been with my wife for 16. We've been married for 13. So I understand, you know, and I say from a point of like. These are the marital, these are the relationship challenges that people have. And I get it. That's why I just keep it there. But I never go into like details on like, oh yeah, because this happened. Once a one uh, honestly, to all my people out there who are looking to go to therapy or are in therapy right now, once your therapist starts to divulge too much of how they've experienced what you've experienced, I think that's a red flag. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's a great tip. And I also think it's yeah. important to add to that to test out what you've done in therapy like there's still even if the therapist don't give you actual homework it yeah. is your job to actually do the homework throughout the week to ask questions to to, sure. to implement the strategies to see if it works for you right and then come back and say hey this didn't work this worked i saw this i felt this 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 a, a give and take yeah and um you bring us some really good points you 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 broke down some amazing gems this podcast episode um i appreciate you and i love you bro love you too bro until we part again my bloody thank you so much for joining us and before we go i just want to remind you the man that says he can and the man that says he can't are both right which one are you by his father and mother, he was abandoned. With no concern for his safety, they left him stranded. A life of hurt was the very thing he was handed. My apologies, cause I'm about to be candid. Everywhere he went, he felt ashamed alone. And his explosive behavior made it be known. Walked around as if he wanted to be left alone. But he was really carrying the weight of being disowned.